to Ignite Depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I want to welcome you here with us this evening. I guarantee you, man, this word is going to change your life forever. So if this is your very first time, we want to say welcome. If you've been here before, we want to say welcome back. And if you're a regular member, we want to say, man, it's so great to be able to see you again. It is such a privilege and such an honor to be able to stand before you and share God's word with you. And I, if you make a decision from the very beginning to lock in, meaning that you make a decision, you know, I, I, Lord, give me ears so that I can hear, give me eyes that I can actually see, and I make a decision to open my heart up to receive the word of God tonight that's going to ultimately change life forever. If you make that decision from the very beginning, man, God is going to meet you right at your level of expectation. Are you ready? Are you ready to jump in? Are you ready to join us as we ignite life and purpose and identity within our generation? Man, if so, I'm going to make this declaration. We're going to pray and we're going to jump right in in Jesus name. I make this declaration in according to Isaiah 61 and 1. It says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty or freedom to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, a day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. Glory be to God. He says this, he says, not only to comfort all who mourn, but he says, it's, and he says, and to give unto those beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for the spirit of mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of happiness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father God in heaven, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. I thank you, Father, that this is the day which you have made. We will rejoice. We will rejoice. We will rejoice, and we will be exceedingly glad in it. Father, I thank you that our preaching and teaching would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, that the faith of men lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. Holy Spirit, move up and down each and every aisle. Move up and across these airways. Touch each and every person who will hear it, who will watch it. I covenant with you, Father, that people will be healed, set free, delivered, made whole. As a result of this word that's spoken today, I covenant with you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and glory be to God. Now, make this declaration with me. Say this with me. Say, this is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is the truth. It reveals what I should think. It tells me what I should believe. And it tells me how I should walk. The word of God is is the most important thing. Say that with me. The word of God is the most important thing because if the word of God is not the most important thing, not the chief thing, not not the most highest thing when it comes time for you to make decisions, when it makes time when you need to make adjustments in your life, when it comes for you to make changes, then you will be flying up and and because information in this world will change depending from generation to generation and from season to season, but the one thing that does not change, the word of God never changes. God himself changes not. He said it in Malachi chapter three. He says, I am the Lord. I change not. And the way that we're going to discuss his word today is going to help you. It will, it will benefit you. It will open your eyes to see things that you never saw before. It will generate thoughts uh, that you may not have ever even considered. And the whole purpose of the word of God is, is to make you free from anything that's trying to hold you bound, anything that's trying to hold you captive, anything that's trying to hold you in uh, prison. Is anybody ready to receive that today in Jesus name? Well, I, I know that you are. So we're going to jump right in, in the name of Jesus. Now we have been studying over the last few weeks with the title of triumphing through troubled times. Again, that is triumphing through troubled times. That is in accordance to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, which says this, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. Now he also goes on to say, and through us diffuses fragrance of knowledge in every place. The thing about it is, is God 
desire is for you to triumph. God's desire for your life is for you to have a life of victory. God's desire for your life is that you win every situation and every circumstance that you ever come up against that you face. In fact, he says, I sent my son Jesus, according to John chapter 10, I sent my son Jesus that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Get, that is God's desire for you. In fact, he says in, in uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, is, he says, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking about you. I know what I have prepared for you. He says, I have things for good to prosper you that you might have an expected, not things of evil, but I have, a, I have good for your life because every good gift, every perfect gift, comes from the father above and he says but in order for you to receive that you have to come into cooperation with him you have to believe that it is God's desire for you to have victory say that with me it is God's desire for me to have victory say that to somebody sitting next to you say that it is God's desire for you to have victory now look point to yourself and say hey it is God's desire for me to have life and for me to have victory. He already has great plans for you. It's not that he's making up great plans for you. God already has great plans for your life. He says, but you have to cooperate with him in order for them to come to pass. Now, we've been talking about over the last few podcasts, we talked about a couple weeks ago, talking about you have to make a decision. You have to make the decision to become a disciple. What is a disciple? A disciple is one who has made a decision to submit their lives to the teachings and instructions of God's word and allow Jesus to be the head over their life. Well, you say that again. A disciple is one who's made a decision to make Jesus the head of their life and to submit themselves to the teachings and instruction of God's word. See, the only way you're going to ever get God's desire for your life is you have to do it his way. And doing it his way is not grievous, is not hard, but it is. it will require you to make adjustments in your life because whereas one at one point in time you lived your life doing whatever you thought was cool you, and and whatever was normal to the world's way of doing things but when you have made jesus the head of your life and you're saying i make a decision to become a disciple i'm going to submit myself i'm going to submit my decisions i'm going to submit my life i'm going to submit my thoughts i'm going to submit my actions to his way of doing things. In other words, if Jesus says to do it this way, even though I might have used to do it that way, I'm going to make a decision to switch and to do something different. Do y'all see that? When you make a decision to switch and do something different, when you make a decision, hey, I'm going to stop doing it my way that I'm used to. I'm going to find out what Jesus way is and then I'm going to make that the final authority in my life. When you make a decision to do that, you are on your way to living the best life yet. Now, we talked about last week, talking about, you know, there's the kingdom of God and then there's the kingdom of darkness. But you are the deciding factor on which one you're going to follow. You're either going to continue to do it the world's way because the world has systems. The world has instructions. The world has theories and arguments and reasoning that they try to supersede God's way of doing things. But then there's God's way. Then there's the kingdom of God way, the, the nature that has the nature of God, the culture of God, the lifestyle of God. It has God's original tent sold all the way in it. And you will always know what God's will is. Per, his perfect will plan is for whatever situation and circumstance that you come up against. But you are the deciding factor in every area of your life, whether you're going to do it God's way or whether you're going to continue to do it the way that the world has always done it, which in most cases is polar opposites to what it is that God says to do. Are you with me so far? So over the last few weeks, we've been talking about, hey, you got to make a decision whether you're going to be a disciple. And secondly, as a disciple, you have to make a decision in every area of your life, whether you're going to do it God's way or whether you're going to do it the world's way. God cannot make that decision for you. And the adversary cannot make that decision for you. Your mama and daddy cannot make that decision for you. 
I can't make that decision for you. I can give you, like what I'm doing right now, I can give you his instructions. I can give you his his word. I can tell you how he expects us to do things. But at the end of the day, you got to do something. You have to make a decision which way you're going to follow. And that is what we're going to talk about today. Now, we talked about last week, man, there are many ways. There are ways that seem right. There are ways, and we talked about it in, in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, how it talks about the way of the foolish right in his own eyes. Now, you know, it's interesting because uh, the, when you talk about a fool, it, it, when you're talking about a fool from the Bible standpoint, it's literally talking about someone who is literally turned aside and distorted from that which is right. A fool is, according in the Bible, in this verse, it's talking about somebody who who is literally turned aside from that which is right. He's going, he or she is going in their own way and what seems best for them. It says the food, the, the way or the course of life seems the way or course of life for someone who is turned aside and going the wrong against what is right seems right to them. It seems right in their own eyes. It makes in their mind it makes perfect sense. But it says, but those who will heed or pay attention to counsel or instruction is wise. So he's saying, man, he's like, there's there's ways out there. There's courses. When you talk about ways, you're talking about course of life, or you're talking about a journey, or you're talking about um, a, a person's mode of operation. There is a mode of operation for many people out there that in their own eyes, it seems like it's the right way to go. But the word of God says, but at the end, when it's all said and done, it ends up in the, the reward for them following their own way ends up in death or ends up in ruin or ends up in chaos. And it seems like it's working for a while and, and you're doing what it seems right. And, and, and it seems like, man, it, it's working, it's going fine and, and everything is good. But at the end, it is ends up in ruin. Now, when you're talking about somebody who's a fool, you're talking about somebody who's yielding to perversion. And many times when you hear that word perversion, the first thing people talk, talk about is sex. It includes sex, but it's not limited sex. If you really look up the true definition of it, in accordance to the Webster 1828 de definition, it says this in the dictionary. It says, perversion is the act of perverting or turning from truth. Did you hear that? Perversion simply means is an act of turning away from truth. See, the world will try to tell you today, there is no absolute truth. There is an absolute truth. The word of God is the absolute truth. God, his word is used for correction. His word is used for reproof. His word is used to, to guide you in the way that you should go. His word is used to bring instruction and counsel and knowledge to those who make a decision. I'm going to open my eyes and read it so I can see. I'm going to open my ears so that I can hear, and I'm going to I'm going to make a decision from my heart. Lord, when I read your word, when I hear your word, I'm going to receive whatever instruction it has to give. And I'm going to trust you to give me insight and instruction on how to apply it to my everyday life. See, with perversion, what goes along with perversion, you will hear what's known as smoke and mirrors. That's something that's very prevalent that's going on in our society today. Smoke and mirrors. What is smoke and mirrors? When, when you hear somebody say smoke and mirrors, what exactly is that? Smoke and mirrors are tricks that are used to obscure the truth. So smoke and mirrors are tricks that are used to obscure the truth. It usually comes through uh, distractions or misdirections or partial truth. See, sometimes like if you turn on the news or if you turn on social media, man, even sometimes when you're talking to people, they will give you part of the truth. But how many people don't know there's no such thing as partial truth? Partial truth is still a lie. 
If somebody only tells you part of the story, but not all the story, guess what? They still lie to you. They lie to you by omission. They admitted parts of the story so that you couldn't get the full context of what's really going on. And sometimes what people do is, is the, it's kind of like the magician. You ever been to a magic show where you watch the magician where you're so busy watching this hand, you can't see what he's doing with this hand. He, you're so busy watching the 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 girl spinning around uh, on the box that you're not watching where he's switching parts in and out. You're so busy watching the rabbit coming out of his hat that you're not watching. You know the when they're sawing a person, it looks like they're sawing him in half, but there's really two different people in the box. You are what's happening. You have what's known as smoke and mirrors. You're watching one thing and they do a misdirection and cause you to look at something altogether different. You're watching it one way and they make a misdirection or shift it and it causes you to look at something that's altogether different. Misdirections can also be caused to you draw people's attention away from unpleasant facts. Sometimes when you're watching TV and everything, they might be talking, you know, I'll give you a prime example. You ever seen it? And I'm originally from the States. So if you ever see a States drug commercial, it will tell you about all the benefits of this drug. You know, if you are dealing with the depression, try this drug. And, you know, this drug, well, you know, you were, you know, I was once upset and weary and, and all that. But when I took this drug, man, I began to feel better and life got back to normal. But if you listen to all the side effects, the side effects are the warnings that come with taking that drug that's supposed to deal with one thing can cause many other issues. In fact, you talk about, you know, hey, if you take this drug, you know, it could cause suicidal thoughts and, and depression, which you're already dealing with, and depression. And, you know, you'll have diarrhea and you may have loss of appetite and it could lead in some cases it could lead up to death now you're trying to take the drug to address one situation but it's going to cause many other problems that come with it and it goes back to what it says in proverbs there's a way that to a fool someone who's made a decision to turn literally turn from what is right that seems right in their own eyes it makes complete sense to them but the end result of those things, when you come down to the very end, is only going to end up in ruin or chaos or tribulations. And in many cases, it's going to end up in death. But that's not God's desire for you. He didn't send Jesus so that your life could end up in destruction. He did not send Jesus so your life could end up in chaos. He did not send Jesus so your life will be the same way it was after you become born again as it was before you became born again. And the thing about it is, is whether you have the blessed life or stressed life, it is really depending on which system you make a decision to follow or whose kingdom you live your life according you can make a decision to continue you can be you can receive jesus as your lord and savior you can say i'm going to submit my life to the word of god but when it comes time to deal with situations and circumstances from finances to health decisions from relationship decision you continue to operate the same way you did before you got born again and you continue to allow what the world says is the way you're supposed to live your life to be the same as it was after you came to the cross as it was before you went to the cross then you're going to get the same results the only way for you to turn around the only way for that situation to turn is for you to say today i make a decision to change i'm making decision to change what i used to say to change what i used to do to change what i used to have you know particularly when it talks about relationships a lot of times people want this you know they see the hollywood relationship Newsflash, when you see the, those relationships in Hollywood where everything seems to work out, you got to understand there's, there's, that's a script. That means somebody wrote out how the, you know, and Ken said this, and, and then Barbara said this, and, and did at that right moment, their eyes caught one another, and all of a sudden, they knew that that was the one, and, and they wanted to spend the rest of their life together. I'm going to tell you this, as a man 
who, 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 who's married and loves his wife. Love is blind, but marriage is an eye-opener. I don't care how much you think you know about that young lady when you get married or how much you think you know about that man when you get married. When you get married, you're going to find out there is so much more you don't know yet but you know when all the goosebumps were off and when all the honeymoon and, and everything she says is just lovely and everything he says just oh just melts my little heart when reality sets in you find out that when she wake up she don't look good because she don't got all that makeup on or when you watch when you wake up with him in the morning and you find out he, he got three alarm uh, morning breath man ain't that sexy about that that ain't like, ooh, oh, I just know, I just love it, man. Mm, mm. You be like, oh, Lord, what is wrong with your breath? I mean, bottom line is when two people come together, you're going in any relationship, whether it's relationships, whether it's family members, you are going to find out things about that individual and they're going to find out things about you that you are not necessarily going to like or that you're not necessarily going to agree on but when you come in relationship with our lord jesus christ when you come into relationship with almighty god in god there is nothing but good in god there is nothing but success in god there's nothing but victory but in the world in the world that you're living around or you're living in there's going to be trouble there's going to be things that's going to try you. There's going to be things that's going to be hard on you. There's going to be situations and circumstances that you wish, man, if I could just turn this one thing around. But can I tell you something awesome about being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? The great thing is, is before all these things happen, he tells you way ahead. Hey, newsflash. These things is what's going to be going on in the world, but I'm going to show you what you need to do to be able to overcome it. Matthew chapter 24. We're going to go there. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Still talking about God wants you to triumph. He's causing you to triumph through troubling times. He wants you to have victory. He wants you to get the victory in every situation and circumstance you're ever facing in life. And man, he's going to show you how to begin the process today in Jesus name. Now, I'm reading out of Matthew chapter 24. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, is beginning to answer a question that his disciples asked him in the beginning. He says this. He said, he says, I'm reading out of the Amplified. It says this. It says, while he, talking about Jesus, was seated on the mountain of olives. The disciples, who were the disciples again? Those who have made a decision to submit their lives to the teaching and instructions of Jesus and made Jesus the head of their life. In other words, Jesus makes the final decision. The word of God has the final say. Now, let's keep going. It says his disciples came to him privately and said, tell us when this will take place and what will be the signs or the indicators of your coming and the end or the completion and the consummation of this church age or the age of grace. In other words, Jesus, tell us when some of the indicators and some of the signs that your return is near and show us when, tell us about some of the things that's going to happen when the end of this age as we know it comes to an end. And this is what Jesus says. Jesus answered them, his disciples, and this is what he says. Be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you or leading you into error. Now, what did Jesus say? The number one thing you need to be mindful of is deception. The number one thing you need to be mindful of is smoke and mirrors because it's going to try to misdirect you. It's going to try to lead you away from the truth and it's going to be it's going to cause you to go into error. Let's keep looking at it. He goes on to say this. He says, Jesus, he says this, he says, for many will come in on the strength of my name. And he says, appropriate the name which belongs to me. And this is what he says. He says, they will be like, I am the Christ or 
I am the Messiah. And you see this, you know, when people saying this person uh, from this religion is, you know, is the is the Messiah or, you know, this is the way to enlightenment, you know, and or Buddha is the way to enlightenment and, 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 and Islam is the way that you're supposed to go. Or, you know, you're supposed to go, you know, uh, the Mormon church is the way you're supposed to go. And you got all these different religions out there. But can I tell you a secret? There was no, you know what it means to follow Jesus? To follow Jesus is not about a religion. To follow Jesus simply means I made a decision. I'm going to turn from following after this world's way of doing things. And I'm going to make a decision to turn and learn what God's way of doing things. And I'm going to follow that way. Because when I follow God's way of doing things, I'm operating according to the kingdom of God, our God's nature, his culture, his lifestyle. So the things on earth and in your life will be just like they are in heaven. Jesus did not come to establish a religion. Jesus did not come to establish, you know, all these rites and rituals. Jesus came and says, look. This is the way it was from the very beginning when Adam and Eve was in the garden before they bowed their knees to Satan. He says, so I'm come to pay the price with my blood on the cross. I came to shed my blood, to wash away the sin, to take back the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and to make the exchange with you, sister, to make the exchange with you, brother, and say this. Hey, I know you have a life of chaos, corruption, and confusion. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll offer you my life. This is Jesus. He says, I'll offer my, my way to you, and you give me your old ways. I'll offer this 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 solution for your problem and you give me your problem you give me your pain jesus said you give me your pain i'll give you joy you give me sorrow and i'll give you gladness you give me death and i'll give you life in other words he said i will make the exchange with you if you make the decision to become a disciple a follower who submits their life to his word and instructions and let his word be the final decision or final authority in every area of your life. He goes on to say this. He says this. He says, he says, I'm also going to tell you, these are some of the indicators or signs you're going to see that the end of this age that you have right now is coming to a completion. He says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. He says, see that none of these things frighten you or trouble you for this must take place he says you're going to begin to see all these things he says these things must take place but you don't be frightened he also goes on to tell us this he says for a nation will rise up against nation what is nations people ethnic groups Ethnic groups will rise up against ethnic groups. We'll see that where you have blacks rising up against white, whites rising up against Asians, Asians rising up against uh, Jews, Jews rising up against, you know, Palestine, whatever the case may be, you're going to have ethnic groups rising up against ethnic groups. Then you're going to have kingdoms rising up against kingdoms, where you have uh, Russia rising up against Ukraine for no apparent reason. China rising up against uh, Taiwan. You'll have Afghanistan coming against this country or whatever. In other words, you're going to, it seems like all kind of chaos is going to be going on. It also goes on and says, and there will be famines. What is famine? A scarcity of food. And there's also going to be pestilence. What is pestilence? Diseases. Guess what? He says all these things are, are, are going to happen. He says you're going to have earthquakes and place after place. He says all this is but the beginning, the early pains or the birth pains. In other words, when a woman is going into labor, she, her body go, begins to do what's known as is labor. It's laboring and it's travailing and it's working to do what? To push that baby out of the birth canal. And when you're seeing all these, all these rumors of wars and wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and scarcity and, 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 and famines and earthquakes and nation against nation and, and kingdom against kingdom, what you're seeing is you're seeing birth pains for all the things that are, all these things must happen so that the new age can be birthed. The new age is the millennial reign of Christ can be birthed in the name of Jesus. Jesus says this, 
He says, he says, all this is but the beginning of the earthly part. He says, are the internal. And she says, that once these things happen, then they will hand you over to suffer affliction, afflictions and persecutions and tribulations. And they will put you to death and you will be hated or persecuted by all nations or ethnic groups for my name's sake. People are going to come against you. People are going to persecute you. People are going to say all kind of crazy things to you because of my being a follower of Jesus. He says, and then many, because of all the persecution and afflictions and tribulation and that person and all the hatred that people are going to have towards them, what are they going to do? They will be, they will become offended or they will, they will stumble or they will be trapped and they will fall away and they will betray one another and persecute and pursue one another with hatred. Jesus says many people will begin to fall away from the church. Many people will begin to turn their back on God. Many people was like, man, if God was so good, why all these things happen? People will begin to say, man, if God is so faithful, why is all this chaos going on around you? You got to understand there's two kingdoms in operation. You have the kingdom of God that is only good and causes you to be victorious and causes you to triumph. But there's also a kingdom of darkness. A kingdom of darkness is the adversary's way of doing things that's polar opposite or goes against what it is God's ways uh, says, or God's word says, and what's the end result of his way? Ruin, destruction, and chaos. And those who have made it conscious decision to turn away from God's way of doing things what he's because his the adversary's goal is to cause all these things to happen to you for you to turn away from God's way of doing things and begin to follow after his way because he knows but now you know that that following his way will only end up in ruin our, our triumph our, our tribulation our confusion that is not God's desire for your life. God's desire for you is that you live a life of victory and triumph in Jesus' name. He also goes on and says this. He says, and, and when, after the people are defended, are offended, then what's going to happen? Then you're going to have many false prophets. What is a false prophet? A false prophet is a religious imposter or can be a fortune teller. Fortune tellers, they say fortune tellers, that is not of God. Fortune teller is a knockoff version of a prophet, which can only tell you snippets of things about your past life and will speak false things about your life ahead. And if you follow after that way, your life again, it seems good at the beginning, but the end result is ruin and chaos and destruction. He says many prophets will rise up and deceive or mislead many and what is the goal of the false prophet or the religious imposter or the fortune teller is to lead you into error he says and also at the same time the love of the great body of believers the love of great of the great body of people will grow or become cold or dull and and and, and their love is going to become cold and they're no longer going to be operating according to the agape unconditional love of God they will begin to because of all the multitude of sin and iniquity and transgression that's going on around them which is designed by the adversary and his system of uh, the kingdom of God or this world system to cause you to turn away from God the ultimate goal of the adversary is to get you to turn away from God and for you to live a perverted life, a, a life on based off of truth, anything that turns you away from the truth. Now, but what did God say? All these, Jesus said, all these things is going to go. I'm telling you ahead of time. I'm giving you the 411 about it before it ever happens. I'm, all these things is going on, he says, and I'm going to tell you that God already has a solution. He already had a way. In fact, Jesus is telling you, he's telling you all this before any of this stuff ever happens. He says, hey, I'm telling you, this is what is going to happen in the future. But before it ever gets to that point, I'm, I'm going to put you up on what's going on so you will know how to make the adjustments in your life so you can live God, your best life yet. He's, what did Jesus says? He says, but for those who endure to the end, 
they will be saved. That word saved means healed, set free, delivered, and made whole. And what else is going to happen? And this gospel of the kingdom of God or the good news of God's way of doing things or the good news of God's governance system that's now in the earth, he says, will be preached or proclaimed throughout the whole earth and for a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. He goes on and he says, because I told you in Matthew chapter four, verse 17, he says to repent. Repent means change your mind. Change to the better, heartily amend your ways, and, and turn from your old sins. Why? Because the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus already knew all these things was going to happen. So he's telling you long before it happens, just like he's telling me to tell you long before all this thing jumps off, that, man, I'm telling you right now, the reason why I'm telling you all these things, the reason why we're having all these meetings, the reason why we've been teaching this message for the last three to four years is because I'm trying to warn you, I'm trying to da -da -da -da, sound the alarm that the end of this age is drawing near and if you want to live victorious if you want to triumph in every situation every circumstance that you come up with you have to make a decision to do one thing you want to know what that decision is you have to make a decision to change because see this is i heard this the definition of insanity is this Doing the exact same thing, expecting something different to happen. Doing the exact same thing, and you're expecting for something different to happen. <laughs> the words, man, that's insane. That's crazy. It's crazy for you to keep, you know, you talked about, <laughs> there was this joke about this guy. He went to go see this pastor one time. He says, Pastor, I need your help. He says, I'm getting married for the sixth time. He says, so I need you to have a talk with this woman and make sure that she that she is the right one. And the pastor said to the guys, like, hey, you know, you've been married five times. You going on your sixth marriage? He said, yeah, he said. And they all had the same issue. They was all crazy. And and he the pastor said, so he says, but did you notice something about that? He said, the only common factor in all of the past five going on your sixth marriage is you. The only common factor in all his five previous marriages was him. And if he had not learned anything from the previous five marriages, he's going to be on marriage number seven before he realizes it because he has not made a decision to change. If you want a different results in your relationships, you want a different result in your marriage, you want a different result on your job, you want a different result in your finances, you want a different result on any area of your life, it's going to require you to do something. It's going to require you to change. Now, change is inevitable. It's going to happen. It's got to happen if you want to see a different result. Now, change, but let me tell you something. Change isn't change until you change. Change isn't change until you change. Too many people believe just because they talk about changing that they have changed, but it's not change until you quit one thing and begin to do something else. It's not change until you quit doing one thing and begin to do something else. In fact, the definition of change literally means to put one thing in place of another, to shift, to quit one thing or state for another, to be altered or undergo variation means you have to do something different. If you continue to date the same way in this relationship as you dated in your last five or six, seven, ten relationships, you are going to get the same results. I will tell you this when uh, Pastor Julian and I got together, God told me on the in the very beginning, this is going to be different. You want to know why? Because in the past, it, I, the relationship, it was not always a good ending. It did not always end up good for whatever reason, for them, for me, for us. It did not end up well. He says, but this is going to be different. So we approached it different. We looked at it different. I mean, we did premarital counseling before we ever even made a decision that we were going to date. We did premarital counseling twice before we ever went through 
our official premarital counseling with a pastor. We did the the love dare test according to the movie of fireproof we did the love dare test on each other and that's a 40-day love dare test for, for twice before we ever even got engaged so we did the premarital counseling twice we did the love dare twice we fasted and prayed three days before we, this that all this is before we ever even entered made a decision that we're going to do it and what else do we have to do? We had, we made a decision on the front end. If we make a decision to do this, divorce is not an option. If we make a decision that we're going to date, if we make a decision we're going to get engaged, if we make a decision we're going to get married, divorce is not an option. So whatever we need to do to make sure that, that it doesn't end up that way, we're going to do it according to the word of God. We made the decision on the front end and we made a decision on the front end when tests, trials and tribulations and all kind of chaos came up against the situation because her background and my background and, and people's thoughts on why we were together and all, when all that stuff came because we had made a decision on the front end going back, there's, there's no going back. There's no giving up. There's no caving in and there's no quitting. We made, had to make that decision on the front end. And we had to make a decision that the word of God is the final authority in our marriage. Whatever, what, because the marriage is the covenant between Juan and myself and Almighty God. And we made a decision that God's word, or because we're disciples, we had to make a decision that God's word was the final authority. That's the final authority. We made a decision that we were going to change the way that we did relationships. We made a decision to change how we were going to interact with one another. And we had to make a decision that, hey, from this day forward, this is what we're going to do. And we made that decision at the very beginning of the relationship. So when test trials and tribulations came against relationships, and trust me, they came. If I told you our story, you would be like, I don't even know how y'all survived because everything around us said we should not be together today. But God was a part of it. We made Jesus the head of that relationship. We, he, his word has the final authority. So if I'm wrong, I don't go to her. I, I make the adjustment according to the word. Now, there's a process to change. When you Just because you make a decision, I'm going to change, that's not change. That's the starting point, but it's not the end. It's only the beginning. So you have to make a decision from the beginning. Hey, you know what? I need to change. Now, when I was in when quality engineering, I was part of a program called Six Sigma. And Six Sigma is a process of change for any systems any processes or any procedures. And can I tell you a secret? Every person, and I don't care whether you follow Jesus or not, every person has systems or processes which they follow every day. You have a process or a system on the way that you get dressed in the morning. You have a process on the way that you comb your hair. Me too. We have a process on how you eat your food or where you go to eat. You have a process on how you pay your bills. You have a process on how you interact on your job. Everything you do, even how you do your job at work, there are systems and there's processes in everything you do. And when something goes wrong in a system or process on your job, what do they do? They come in and they make a change. What does it do? It's an adjustment. What does the adjustment do? Causes you to get a different result. It's no different when it comes to the word of God. If you want to get a different result for your life, the first step you have to do is make a decision. I have, for, I'm going to give you five steps. Five steps to talk about the process of change. Point, step number one, you have to admit you have a problem. Because until you admit that you have a problem, you will keep pointing your finger at everybody else. It's this person, it's that person, it's this person, it's that person. You have to admit, man, there's a problem. In fact, even AA, uh, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, uh, Drug Anonymous, they have this first step. You have to admit there is a problem. Second thing you got to do is recognize or you got to measure where are you? 
where are you at? I mean, you know, yeah, I got a problem and I got all these things going on in my life right now. And, and but then you got to do the third thing. You got to make determine where it is you are going, because just be, a lot of times, even if when you look at Alcoholics Anonymous, they start off well. But then once you get past step number four, you are just like a dog chasing his tail. You're going around and around and around and saying, I, I, I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. I'm this. And you continue to say the same thing about yourself. When God doesn't say any of those things about you, when he brings you out, when Jesus becomes savior, when he becomes Lord over your life, when you make a decision to become a disciple and make his word, the final authority, when you say, when I got a problem, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to admit that I have a problem. I'm going to recognize where I am. I'm going to get in God's word. I, I'll got to look it up. If I got to Google it, if I got whatever I got to do, go to a call a pastor, call a friend. I, I'm going to find somebody who can help me determine where it is I'm going to go. When you make a decision, I, 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 got, I, I admit that I got a problem. I, I recognize where I'm at and I'm determining where I'm going to go according to God's word. When I want to understand about my relationship, I find out what does the God's word say about relationships. When I want to find out how to handle my money, I'm going to go to God's word. I'm going to look up all the scriptures that deal with how to handle money. You can get a concordance to help you do that. You can call your local pastor. You can, heck, call us, and we'll help you to be able to do that. And then what we'll do is we'll get before God with you and on your behalf, and we'll do step number four. We'll find the plan to get to where we're supposed to be. If God says my relationship's supposed to be this way and it's not like that today, and I realize that there's things going on in my life, I don't try to change the Bible to meet my life. I change my life to meet what the word of God says. Did you hear that? I don't try to change the Bible or the definitions to meet my lifestyle. That's what perversion does. That's what the kingdom of darkness does. That's what this world system does. If it's something they don't like, they just change the definition. But because God never changes, his word never changes. What you said, you know, because I made a decision, I won't change. I'm going to admit I got a problem. I'm going to realize where I'm at. I'm going to determine where I, where I want to go. And I'm going to determine it from God's word. And then I'm going to find out what his word has to say about that situation. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to put that thing into action. I'm going to read it. I'm going to meditate and think on that thing, on what I'm supposed to do and what I'm supposed to do. And then I'm going to apply it to my life because if all you do is read it but you don't do it guess what happened you haven't changed anything information your mind might you might have mental assent about it but until you begin to apply it to your life nothing in your life has changed and though you have all the tool you need to be able to help point you in the right direction you will still be chasing your tail. You will still be going around the same bush. You know, it's interesting. And even in Alcoholics Anonymous, they had the first three steps. One, you got to now admit that you have a problem. Two, you got to realize that you have to have, you can't do it on your own. You're going to need God's help. And number three, you have to make a decision that you're going to put together a plan to change. You have made up a decision in your mind you want to change. And until you change Change is not happening. Talking about change in and of itself hasn't changed anything. Change is not change until you change, but change is inevitable. Just like when Jesus was saying in Matthew 24, all these things is going to be going on around you. But if you try to continue to live the same way you do did before all these things begin to happen, you are going to end up in ruin. You're going to end up in chaos. You're going to end up in destruction. And you're going to say, God is your fault. And God says, no, I'm because I'm telling you. All these things is coming, man. Get ready. You got to be ready. So are you ready to make a change today? It's simple. It's so simple. To start this process off is so simple because the first step, remember the first step is making the decision to become a disciple. In order to make a decision to become a disciple, you have to surrender or submit your life. Make Jesus the head over your life. And then you have to submit to his writings, his teachings, and his instructions to give you guidance. I'd like to give you an opportunity to be able to do that today. In accordance 
to Matthew, as you, I'm sorry, and according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10. It's so simple. It's so easy. It's so simple. He says this. He says, he says the word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. healed, set free, delivered, and made whole. He says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with your mouth you make a confession, or you make acknowledgement that, he, that you make acknowledgement to health, healing, deliverance, protection, preservation. It's his will for you to be victorious. It's his desire for you to live life in abundance to the full, to the overflow. It's his ultimate desire that you have a blessed life to that you have an ex, that knowing that you have an expected end he says but in order for you to do that you have to change you have to change from where you have been going and make a conscious decision a hard decision i'm going to go in another direction i'm going to follow another path i'm making a decision today that i, I once lived according to the world but from this day Forward, Jesus, you are the head of my life, and your word is the final authority. If you'd like to do that with me, I'd like to give you an opportunity to do it with me right now. Just spread this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in the grave, but now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Right now, I'm born again. Right now, I'm a citizen in the kingdom of God. Right now, I'm back in right relationship with you. In Jesus' name, Amen. And if you pray that prayer for the very first time, I want to welcome you back into right relationship. Welcome you into the kingdom of God. Welcome you into your new walk with him. Now, what is the first thing you have to do now that you accept Jesus? You have to get in a Bible-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, about the kingdom of God, and how to operate it according to the love of God. Man, I believe Ignite is that place for you, and we teach the word with, with simplicity we, and, and practicality, because God said this to me. He says, in the simplicity of my word, people are healed, set free, and delivered. People, burdens are removed, and yokes are destroyed. So we keep it simple. We don't change the word, but we keep it simple in a way that you can receive it. So if you need a church home, we'd like to welcome you, invite you to join Ignite. On the second thing, hey, if you can't make it on, on 6 o'clock on Saturday nights, guess what you can do? You can catch us on, on uh, YouTube. You can catch us on Facebook or on Twitter. Or, hey, if you, you got to catch us mobile, catch us on a podcast at Ignite to Life Podcast. It's Ignite to Life Podcast. And hear this message and many other messages. And on behalf of Pastor Juan and myself, I want to thank you for joining us here tonight. And remember, change is inevitable. What's the first step? Man, you got to make a decision to change. See you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.